At the observatory, it's 26 degrees, the humidity 78%. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and your guest presenter is Philip Wong. On today's program, we're talking about Macau's economy after it was announced that residents there will get cash handouts for the 17th year in a row. The The announcement (laughs) comes after gaming revenue in Macau soared in October as a result of a surge in tourists during the Golden Week, reaching 74% off pre-pandemic levels. Hong Kong's economy also received a boost from a surge in tourist numbers and local spending. According according to our latest government figures, the economy expanded by 4.1% in the three months ending in September, compared with the same period last year, though this is lower than the estimate of some economists. Retail sales went up by uh, 13 went up 13% year on year in September as well. Also because of the surge in inbound tourism and private consumption. So how well is the economic recovery going? What more can be done to speed it up? And after 9.45, we'll look ahead to the FIA World Rallycross Championship that will take place in Central next week. And let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk. Or give us a call on two double three double eight two double six. Now to uh, kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line Jose Carlos Machias, Director of Macau Business and Macau News Agency, and uh, Rita Lee, an Associate Professor at Shuyan University's Department of Economics and Finance. Good morning, Mr. Machias. Good morning, Janice. Good and morning, everybody. Good morning, and good morning, good morning. Dr. Lee. Good morning. Thanks Good morning, for, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the program. So, uh, Mr. Machias, uh, another cash handout. I guess uh, Macau residents must be uh, really happy with the news. Uh, what's been their general reaction? Well, uh, yeah, certainly uh, that was uh, warmly welcomed, uh, but certainly as well expected. As you mentioned, this is the 17th straight year uh, that Macau residents enjoy um, the uh, cash handouts. Uh, And this has become something that people basically take it for granted. Uh, The cash handout was particularly important um, during the pandemic, and the government kept the same amount uh, for Macau residents uh, alongside a number of other uh, support measures. Uh, so all in all, uh, the budget proposal um, not only uh, keeps uh, the cash handouts, but also a number of other uh, welfare, uh, social welfare measures. Uh, so this is certainly something that is important to ensure some level of stability and um, uh, a, a, a some level of uh, relative optimism regarding the economic recovery. Though, of course, there are other issues related to small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, that I believe social groups and uh, business associations are looking forward to um, later this month uh, when the chief executive by uh, mid-November will go to the Legislative Assembly to deliver the policy address for the coming year. It's quite interesting, um, Mateus, that you mentioned people in Macau are now taking it for granted. So I'm just wondering, you know, what was the purpose of doing this cash handout at the first place? Was it, you know, similar to Hong Kong, was it to encourage, you know, Macau residents to spend uh, money? Well, actually, it it all began uh, back in 2007, 2008. Remember, back then... uh, 
the city was experiencing uh, inflationary pressures, right, resulting from um, uh, the liberalization of the gaming industry and the massive influx of capital that, of course, led to uh, staggering economic growth, but also uh, to bubbles in the property market alongside, um, you know, uh, consumer prices uh, going up. And back then, uh, we had uh, some demonstrations uh, uh, that uh, we had some thousands of people taking to the streets, especially on May Day. Um, and among the complaints, of course, housing and consumer prices were ringing, ranking pretty high. So then uh, Macau's uh, first chief executive, Edmund Ho, uh, rolled out this measure. Uh, a couple of years later, the uh, second chief executive, Choi Soyeon, uh, did suggest that perhaps we could rethink this, uh, change the amount or you know, uh, make it differently. Um, uh, but then, of course, uh, you know, the, the pressure was pretty high because citizens were not really happy with, uh, uh, you know, uh, not getting this uh, uh, cash handout that I said is something that people certainly, you know, this is really important, especially for uh, families of um, low middle class or working class families, uh, uh, let's say a household with, uh, you know, five members. Uh, so that is something that really really helps a lot uh, to 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 make ends meet in, in in those in those cases for others of course uh, you can also say well this is a one-size-fits-all kind of policy and then you know a lot of people uh, don't really need that amount of money but they still get it anyway so but anyway I think the the, the thing is that it's become a regular feature something that people take for granted uh, and, and 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 of course you know if you look at 2024 uh, according to the budget proposal Macau will again have a surplus, uh, something that uh, happened last time, of course, before the pandemic in 2019. Uh, so uh, politically, uh, certainly, uh, he, he, the chief executive of the government had to keep this uh, handout and also to bring back some other uh, social welfare measures. Uh, uh, it was, uh, of course, pretty challenging during the pandemic because the city experienced uh, deep uh, budget deficits uh, resulting from, uh, uh, you know, gaming revenue plunging significantly in 2020, 2021 and 2022. But now things are coming back. So uh, I guess uh, this, this, this all makes sense. All right. And, and Dr. Lee, what's your view on this? I mean, uh, we just heard from uh, Mr. Mitchell. Matthias, he, he's saying that uh, uh, people are taking these cash handouts uh, for granted. Uh, what's your view on this? Well, uh, in Macau, he has taken this for many this measure for many years already, and then uh, even for those who are in Hong Kong, we also consider that uh, Macau this kind of measure is like uh, sort of like taken for granted. Uh, and a lot of the Hong Kong people also uh, question on like uh, why Hong Kongs cannot replicate uh, Macau's model as well. So uh, I th I think this is uh, uh, for for Macau's case because the the population is uh, a lot. It's just like one tenth of Hong Kong, and then the revenue, however, is like uh, uh, for for Hong Kong is only like five times of that Macau. So uh, given that, because of this reason, so that we can see that Macau always have got this kind of like uh, cash channel, but then uh, in Hong Kong, we don't have. Uh, for Macau, I think it is very important in the sense that because of the uh, uh, the serious drop in the uh, casino revenue. 
and then uh, where uh, actually most of the circumstances in Macau, uh, the top students uh, for many years they have been to the working in gaming industry. Uh, unlike Hong Kong, the topest one may uh, we we have seen the majority uh, study in health uh, healthcare sector. But then for the um, for Macau, it is like very clear that the gaming is. Uh, a very important uh, pillar, and then uh, we have seen that uh, uh, in terms of like economics uh, pillar in Hong Kong, we still have got uh, like uh, finance and also maybe real estate and also like tourism, and then uh, Macau is like uh, much rather uh, uh, rather uh, stick to like uh, tourism. But then uh, in the past, they, when the gaming is uh, is good, they actually have got a lot of like revenue. But this year, yes, uh, it has also boost up again, and then. Uh, uh, and then it has a very huge amount of revenue from gaming industry again. So that that's why that they uh, they can still uh, uh, have uh, this kind of the cash handout. I'm curious to know your thoughts, uh, Professor Lee, about um, you know this cash payout. You know, in Hong Kong, the last few years we had it. I think last year was I forgot was it five thousand or or, or ten thousand, and and the past three years we we had it. What do you think this year though? I mean, the economy in the last three months it has uh, grown. But it's still, you know, less than the estimate. Do you think we, you know, what is your opinion? Do you think we should continue, you know, this cash handle in Hong Kong this year? Well, may I elaborate a bit on the uh, on the uh, detail about the figures? So Macau mm. population is like seven hundred four thousand something uh, uh, in Macau, mm. and then in Hong Kong it's like seven point four four nine eight million people mm. in Hong Kong. So that we have got more than ten times of the Macau population. And Macau's revenue for the latest year is like one oh four uh one hundred and four billion uh pataka. And then for Hong Kong government revenue is like five hundred sixty seven billion Hong Kong dollar. So which is actually about five times of the Hong Kong of the Macau revenue only. So uh given that our population is ten times of Macau, but then the revenue is only five times that of theirs, then Hong Kong is uh, hard to replicate Macau's model. I see. I was hoping you would say yes, so I could keep my hopes. <laughs> but um, moving on. <laughs> but um, um, uh, Mr. Mateus, like just going mm-hmm. back to uh, Macau. Obviously, this cash handout is, you know, great for the citizens. But in terms of you know Macau in general and the economy, what other areas do you think the government will need to look at? Well, uh, as I was saying, uh, SMEs. Uh, this there's there's a something that's been going on in this uh, post-pandemic recovery, which is the following. Certainly, uh, you could, if you look at the figures, uh, gaming revenue coming back to uh, as you were mentioning just a while ago. Say, for instance, in October to seventy-four percent of, of, of pre-pandemic levels, um, and also uh, tourism also recovering quite well. Uh, but if you look at the overall picture, or if you look uh, if you look a bit closer, you can see that a number of small uh, shops are still closed. Uh, the pandemic hit really hard um, over here, certainly, and just like everywhere else. But but the point is that uh, we witness an a sort of an even recovery pattern in, in in the economy where where you have any you know activities related to obviously gaming integrated resorts 
um, and of course, um, um, you know, businesses in uh, tourist spots, of course, they are doing very well. But if you look at the uh, SMEs in residential areas, uh, especially during weekends, then the situation is different. It's, 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 it's not only more nuanced, but you have uh, people talk about the impact of uh, the northbound travel for Macau vehicles to, 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 to drive to mainland China, which is a sort of a double-edged sword in the sense that, of course, it's really great for many residents. Uh, they can uh, cross the border, but certainly they can find uh, you know a better deals over there, better value for money, cheaper uh, consumer goods that they can bring uh, when they go come back to Macau um, on Sunday evening, you know, something like that. And 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 those shops, especially uh, in the you know food and beverage sector and also supermarkets, in those areas, uh, you can see uh, the st studies uh, indicate and the surveys indicate that they're not so competent and they're not so optimistic. So this is something that is not easy to address. But I'd say this is certainly an area of concern. Um, and also, of course, you know, youth employment. Uh, we are now witnessing, of course, a recovery in the economy and the job positions and all of that. The new uh, job positions, of course, and the salary packages are not uh, the same level of those uh, pre-COVID. Um, so this is also an area that certainly one expects the chief executive uh, to address, in addition to the mid to long term uh, challenges uh, regarding diversification, which I believe we will also be addressing. All right. Uh, we're now also joined uh, by Glenn McCartney, Associate mm -hmm. Professor of the Department of Integrated Resource and Tourism Management at the University of Macau. Good morning, Professor McCartney. Good morning, Janet. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the program. So uh, earlier, um, earlier, um, Mr. Mateus, he, he was talking about how tourism uh, recovery in Macau is doing quite well. What's your view? I mean, there are more more tourists going to Macau, but are, are they spending as much? What's been your your observation? Yeah, just, just listen to Jose. I have to agree with many what he was saying there. We do have a, a very good visitation rate, but how that translates down to economic spend across the board. The gaming has recovered. The gaming revenues are, are recovering, sorry, um, um, at a great rate. But to his point across to SMEs and the small businesses and so forth, how that translates across the board is the challenge at the moment. Um, to, to what Jose was saying there, of course, you, you can go over the border, there's restaurants and so forth and that type of leakage. Um, so there's the challenge that the, the economic spread goes throughout the community, not just, of course, within the integrated resort settings. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges to small businesses into community settings at this stage. All right, I want to go back to uh, Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee? Hello. Hi, so, so Hong, yes. Kong, Hong Kong has also seen more tourists. Do you think uh, they're having the, the same level of impact here? Well, I think Hong Kong has got more tourists, which is very clear. Uh, if you go to, like, for example, North Pond, you will see a lot of, like, tourists around and then there are a lot of tour guides and then the tourists are hanging around. But then what we have seen is that uh, if you go to the traditional uh, tourist spot area, like for example, Chim Sa Choi, like for example, Causeway Bay, you will find that the tourists no longer go to the places where they spend a lot of money to purchase that those are branded products. So the main problem is that now many of the tourists that they come from, uh, that they come to Hong Kong, they just uh, do some, something as a sightseeing. They may take some photos with the uh, with the road signage, and then they uh, they just say that well I have been to Hong Kong, 
And then uh, uh, a lot of them, they actually do not spend much money. They may, uh, some of them, they, uh, according to the news, they may take like, for example, cup noodles, and then they 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 just go to Hong Kong uh, for like cultural visits. So it means that they, um, in case of like Hong Kong, what we have seen is that the tourism uh, uh, revenue is not uh, good as we expected. Uh, after the COVID, and then it is rather weak right now. Right, and I mentioned at the start of the program that uh, retail sales uh, went up thirteen uh, percent year on year in September, but that's uh, still slightly below the projected growth of thirteen point eight percent. And Dr. Lee, do you think Hong Kong's, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, Hong Kong's uh, consumption power? I mean, has it weakened? I mean, not just among tourists, but just uh, locally as well. Uh, local, we also have experienced a drop in the uh, consumption power, uh, for which like you, if you go to the shopping mall, which is very clear, a lot of shops that they have got a lower price and then the restaurants, they have got a cut price as well. So, uh, even in the past that we may see, like for some of the restaurants, they usually, they have got like six, uh, at 6 p.m., for example, they have got uh, a cohort of customers and then at 8 p.m., another cohort. And then some of them, they work until like uh, 12 hours or so. But then uh, if we go to the restaurant now, what we have always observed is that uh, sometime at the at 9 o'clock, uh, the restaurants, uh, Rachel, waiter, waitress already put the bill to you and then say that they will have got a last order or they need to, to, uh, to set to the payment for the, uh, for, 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 for that meal. And then what, uh, uh, what we have observed is that it seems the whole city is like the hours of working in terms of like, uh, those like restaurants and so it's the shops. They have cut substantially, uh, in terms of like the hours of sale. And then the main reason is not because of the fact that they do not want to work long, but because after nine or so, they, they, you may find that the, actually the number of people on the street is a lot much more less. And then those who are uh, willing to spend the money, some of them, they have already migrated to like uh, UK, uh, according to some of the news that it said. And then uh, so that we have seen that actually the, uh, the purchasing power is rather weak and a lot of people are saving the money because of the uncertain uh, economy. And uh, more importantly, in Hong Kong, um, most of the time when the people go out for like dinner, for lunch, is that when the stock prices is increasing. But now what we have seen is that the stock is like, uh, well, it is, it is not really good all the time, most of the time. So uh, those, like, those times when the stock prices rising crazily, people go out just like, uh, just like in Macau when they, when they have uh, earned a lot, uh, when they have uh, earn a lot of money from uh, the casino. Of course, they would go out to buy a lot of things. So similar logic is that in Hong Kong, we, when we have uh, earned a lot from the stock market, then uh, a lot of people go outside to like have fun. But then uh, what we have seen now is that, well, uh, this uh, group of the customer uh, is like getting less. We have seen a lot of the shops uh, almost close at like uh, after night and, and after some, some of the after 10, not like the past. Uh, all right. Uh, Dr. Lee, I have a uh, comment here from a listener, Michael, and uh, he says, uh, did retail sales go up 13% or did inflation go up 11% and sales 2%? We will never know, depending on oh. who does the maths. And uh, I mean, that's uh, from our listener, Michael. So so what he's uh, basically saying is that uh, sales value has gone up, oh, but uh, oh, is, have... it because, is it because people are buying more or are things more expensive? I have not mentioned about expensive? inflation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so... Sorry, I think I have not mentioned about inflation yet. Yes, but I mean, what he's saying I, 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 is, uh, what, what does this uh, figure really show? It, it, does it really show that uh, sales value has gone up or, or, or are I things think, just more expensive? I think, I think what I mentioned is that the price are going down, not inflation. So the, if you go to the shopping mall, you may have found that actually the uh, the prices of uh, many of the 
uh, retail products, they have dropped in price. And so as a restaurant, they have got dropping, dropping in price as well. So restaurant is one of very clear, uh, it's a very clear thermometer of the economies. Because if you go outside, you may find that there are a lot of the restaurants, for example, they have got a lower price than before. And so as a hotel buffet, for example, uh, some years, uh, some, some, uh, maybe, uh, two or three years ago, you may find that actually the price of those uh, buffet as, uh, before the pandemic is actually a lot much more high than, than now. So that, uh, what we have seen is that, uh, uh some of the, uh, for example, some of the hotel buffet, they even have closed because actually, uh, in the, in the dinner time, the main reason is that they, uh, they cannot set such a, uh, high price, and then uh, they have to cut the price. But if they cut too high, too low price, so why not they just uh, close the buffet? So that what we have seen is that uh, everywhere uh, we have seen is a drop in price, not inflation by 13%, obviously. <laughs> so last month in the back chat, we had a panel of uh, people talking about tourism in Hong Kong. And one of the experts mentioned that they don't think um, we'll see tourism going back up to pre-pandemic levels. And so the question is, you know, how do we make them how do we make the tourists spend more uh, when they come to Hong Kong? Is this the same, uh, Professor McCartney, in Macau? Do you expect you know, uh, tourism in Macau to not go as high as pre-pandemic levels? And, and so you know, how do you get them to spend more? That's a very good point, Philip. Um, I was just listening in there, maybe to answer that question a long way. Mm. A few, I, I observed tourism during the COVID. We always talk about pre-COVID and then after mm-hmm. COVID, but what during COVID, what was happening in China. And I traveled in China to some of the cities because we could from Macau, right? And um, there was a couple of very key trends that we, because after COVID, you know, getting ourselves ready for tourism after COVID was very important. So what were we doing for those two or three years when things opened up? Are we ready, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so some of these, these this, some of these fallouts that we're talking about is because uh, for example, Generation Z has emerged, for example, and, and, and that's, you know, the selfies, taking pictures at street signs and so forth. And they're more experienced, um, which, so when they arrive, it's not like in the shopping malls as necessarily, but it's how do we give them this sort of voyage in, 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 in the journey. So it's, there's a different traveler now and how what they want, how they experience their travel and tourism. We've seen that during the COVID in China. When I was in China, there's a lot of Chinese domestic spending going to places like Hainan on retail. I was there. So you, you can see, uh, you know, the Chinese outbound has not bounced back regionally, internationally. Macau, we're getting some of that. Hong Kong, we're getting some of that. So we understand there's a lot of that, that, that two or three years of domestic travel in China. How do you then get people from China to move back into Hong Kong, Macau more. So we're, 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 we're working on that because they've got a great experience moving around China, the cities and and, and, and shopping and restaurants and see the price point. So I think to the point is you're competing a little bit now trying to leverage people, you know, that, that, that outbound into Hong Kong again. And, and that's the question, I, I guess, is like what will be next month and the month after is how do you then put these these knowing what's happening in China those few years and people, you know, are traveling around China and spending is how to then to you navigate that over to Hong Kong and get people then, you know, make these packages together. These new generation Z who want more experiences on their travel, not necessarily shopping and retail and so forth. So I think it's you look into all these, um, you know, tourism products and services and how to package it. That will be part of the solution or, you know, uh, to the point that you mentioned there. Right, but most of the focus right now so far is uh, it's on domestic tourism. What about uh, foreign tourists, Professor McCartney? To, to, Maca- 
sorry, to Macau? Yes. Oh, we, we, we've had historically the, the challenge of uh, bringing in international tourists. And it's, it's been one of the things that the government has been saying, particularly with the renewal of the gaming concessions, is that we have to focus on uh, uh, one of our one of our focuses has been strategic focuses is to bring in more regional international tourism. So it's really it's a small part of our uh, tourism mix, which is mainland China and uh, Hong Kong visitation. So, yes, it's one of our uh, you know, strategic objectives in the in the years ahead, but that will take some time. If anything, it'll be a regional markets that we look at in the in the short to medium term, as we look at, for example, how you get them into Macau through airports, airlines, and so forth. So it's not just a click of the finger solution for Macau in that 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 that, that regard. Are there any new measures that's uh, being carried out to to attract uh, more tourists to, to Macau? Yes. Oh yes, well, because I mean, you have if you just go on the websites of those integrated resorts, you'll see this absolute. Uh, there's uh, events, concerts, shows, theatre, more retail, more restaurants. The government itself, you know, in the next two weeks' time is hosting two weekends of the Macau Grand Prix. So there's there's definitely a lot of concerted effort to, you know, through the events and entertainment world to really, um, you know, enhance that and, and provide more uh, more noise about why you should be coming to the city. So there's certainly a lot more effort and spend. The, the 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 tourism board and i think it's something that like hong kong does too or we, we they've been traveling into china you know into the cities and and, and getting more messaging out about why you should all right. be coming to all right professor yeah. mccartney uh, we're about to t- we're about to take a break for the news uh, let's continue with our discussion afterwards in around uh, two minutes time uh, now if you uh, want to uh, ask our guests questions or just share your views on today's topics you can leave a message on our facebook page backchat on rthk radio 3 email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266 and here's a quick look at the weather mainly fine highs expected today of around 29 degrees Winds moderate easterlies. And uh, right now it's 26 degrees, relative humidity 78%. It's now 9.30 with a new summary. Here's Carol Musgrave. A transport analyst says he does not see the attractiveness of letting mainland and Macau drivers park the artificial island of the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge to catch a flight from the SAR. The idea was brought up in the chief executive's policy address last week. Alok Jane, CEO and managing director of TransConsult, says there is demand for outsiders to catch flights from Hong Kong, but it would be better if they could drive all the way to the airport. Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, has been found guilty of defrauding customers. A jury in Manhattan convicted him on seven counts, including two of fraud and five of conspiracy. Prosecutors said he stole at least eight billion U.S. dollars in one of the biggest financial frauds in U.S. history. And the tech billionaire Elon Musk has said the rise of artificial intelligence means there will come a time when working will become optional, and one future challenge for humanity would be how to find meaning in life. At a public event in London with Britain's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, Mr Musk likened the technology to a genie able to do anything. I'll be back with more news at 10 o'clock. Crossing the road is a bit like playing chess. You need to be careful and smart. Don't jaywalk and cross between parked vehicles. Be attentive, look around and listen. For safety reasons, you must use the crossing facilities even if you have to walk further. Follow traffic rules and be aware of traffic conditions. Avoid walking into or staying in the blind spots of large vehicles. Mr. Savick reminds you, keep your cool on the road, stay alert, stay alive. 
When the local seasonal influenza activity increases, if we fail to strengthen our immunity against flu in time, the risk of contracting flu could shoot up. Getting the flu jab can boost the immunity against flu and reduce the risks of severe complications and death. Don't drop your guard against flu, especially for persons aged 50 or above, children, pregnant women, and residents of residential care homes. Don't wait. Get a jab. Keep flu away. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning with Philip Wong and me, Janice Wong. Still with us on the program, it's Jose Carlos Machias, Director of Macau Business and Macau News Agency, Rita Lee, an Associate Professor at Xi'an University's Department of Economics and Finance, and Glenn McCartney, Associate Professor of the Department of Integrated Resort and Tourism Management at the University of Macau. And just before the break, uh, Professor McCartney mentioned, well, asked the question, are you ready? And that, to me, is very interesting. So I want to ask uh, Mr. Mateus, you know, with, um, well, the entire world going back to uh, normalcy, is Macau ready for this sudden inbound in tourism? I'm only asking because in Hong Kong, for example, we're having difficulties in terms of finding labor because of people leaving and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, What about in Macau? Thank you, Philip. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of similar. Uh, that is a key a key question uh, in terms of uh, human resources and also uh, transportation infrastructure. So, um, labor shortages uh, are certainly a concern. Uh, earlier this year, um, there was a sort of concern of uh, you know crunch time for labor, but then uh, things got better in terms of the approval uh, for um, you know important labor into Macau. But, you know, this is an issue that certainly uh, will be a concern for businesses and certainly will need to be to be addressed. Another matter regards transportation. And here I'd like to highlight something that we've all, also already mentioned last time I was on the show, which regards taxis. You know, um, there's been some improvement. The, the government has announced uh, uh, 500 new taxi licenses. Uh, that is uh, certain, certainly something good, something positive but uh, some people say may not be uh, is not likely to be sufficient to tackle this uh, huge problem which is when people arrive um, in Macau they have to queue up for a long time to catch a cab and also um, it, it is it is not smooth at all the experience uh, there's been this is an issue that uh, is pretty high on the agenda in terms of you know people's concerns both for residents and tourists so uh, this is this is certainly a matter uh, Glenn Glenn uh, was uh, pointing out a few important points uh, regarding uh, you know, making Macau more attractive for uh, the new generations, the new pattern of consumption of generations ahead, and also obviously of, uh, of international tourists. With all these focus on entertainment, on on events, there's been a lot of. Uh, effort uh, from the Macau Tourism uh, Office uh, and also together with the gaming operators uh, in holding uh, promotional activities overseas with a, with a focus on, on Southeast Asia, but also South Korea, of course, in addition to mainland China. Um, there was also a, a delegation to Europe, to Portugal earlier this year. So this is something that will certainly be ranking high on the agenda of increasing 
increasing the share of international visitation uh, to Macau. But but again, uh, the issue of flight connections is uh, is is key. Uh, the capacity of the airport, the airport will undergo an expansion project. Uh, uh, works will kickstart next year, uh, so it will still take some time for the city to be able uh, to, to, to accommodate uh, a restructure and uh, uh, pattern of visitation where you'll have, uh, of course, you know, the coordination with, with the Hong Kong International Airport is of paramount importance, you know, all the arrangements and uh, uh, with, uh, with regards to the Hong Kong Macau Zhuhai Bridge and other um, ways uh, can uh, kind of address the issue. But th this is certainly uh, a, a challenge as we move, as as we move forward, Macau welcomed 39, uh, almost 40 million tourists in uh, 2019, the last pre-pandemic year. So um, certainly it will take time for us to get back to, to that level. Um, so we had uh, nearly 20 uh, million uh, in the first nine months of the year, uh, which accounts for uh, a good level. Uh, but I think uh, as we move forward, uh, we will uh, uh, we will get closer in the coming years to the 2019 level. All right, and uh, I have another. I have an email here from a listener, TC, mm. and. Uh, he says that uh, the biggest reason why Macau can give cash handouts for 17 years in a row is that uh, money comes too easily for them. So as long as uh, people go play in casinos, <laughs> money is surely surely to flow into uh, the Macau government coffers. The only bad years in the uh, last 17 were the pandemic years. While uh, And he goes on to say while Macau's uh, permanent residents living outside Macau are eligible to receive uh, the cash handout, mm -hmm. Hong Kong uh, permanent residents who have been outside Hong Kong for the last 12 months couldn't get the spending voucher. In comparison, TC says how selective and restrictive the Hong Kong government's handout policy was in the form of spending voucher with the limits on when and where one can use makes it look very stingy and small. I want to go to uh, Dr. Lee. Yeah. Dr. Lee, is it? Is it stingy and small? I mean, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, Hong Kong has a much uh, larger population than Macau. Well, Hong Kong actually has got much more larger population than Macau, so as well as said, but the revenue is like, uh, is, uh, is not as uh, comparable to that. So that's why is that, uh, Hong Kong is quite, the government is quite uh, stingy from this perspective. <laughs> um, and, and then, uh, well, uh, actually a lot of us also asked the same question for many years already. Okay. Why the Macau that they have got, uh, so much money that it could be sent, uh, it could be spent. And while Hong Kong at, uh, at the previous few years, we actually have got a lot more revenue. And then, uh, now the situation is that we have got like a negative for, for, uh, for the figures. And then, uh, so that's why that for now is even much more, uh, uh, difficult to follow now because, uh, what we have seen is that most of the figures, including the, uh, revenue from the land sales, uh, where we have seen every, uh, a lot of them, they are on hold. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, we have also observed that there's a very serious drop in terms of the transactions in the stock market. Uh, because of the stock market now, a lot of a lot of people who actually now they cannot earn much money as before. So uh, adding all together and plus the, those like uh, for example tax revenue that we have got from like uh, the business sales tourism, uh, all these are shrinking. So uh, uh, so this year we, we we actually we have already expected that the government will be quite will be very stingy. All right. So are you saying basically Hong Kong is uh, just uh, relying uh, too much on, on revenue from land sales and stamp duty? 
Well, uh, Hong Kong actually we have got a very long years that we uh, 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 that we rely on the land sales and the stamp duty that kind of things uh, because uh, if you uh, like. If we go everywhere, like if you go to like Australia, if you go to the United States, we have found that the tax rate is substantially much more higher. So why we have got a much more lower tax rate in the past? Uh, the main reason is that because there are a lot of like money that it can come from land sales and then uh, uh, that sort of things. But now we have seen is that uh, uh, this 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 one uh, probably uh, at the present moment uh, because of the. A poor economy because of the uh, poor uh, property outlook. Uh, so that we, what we expect is that this sort of things that it will, uh, we we will have got less revenue than before. So uh, actually, we have observed, for example, the income tax. Uh, uh, eventually, what we have seen is that it uh, by the time we received the tax, uh, we, we found that well, uh, it has already slightly increased as compared to that in the past. And then uh, there is no uh, uh, there is uh, there is no uh, other benefit like about the uh, the income tax that we have uh, that we have observed for this year for the policy address as well. And then uh, so uh, we have got uh, while we have got the all sort of like over reliance on the uh, the real estate and also uh, uh, the finance market. But uh, Hong Kong is also trying hard to work for like other sectors as well. So uh, in the past, like tourism is uh, one of the pillar, and then uh, we also have got some other uh, things that are developing, like for example, those like research and development, the uh, those like uh, uh, those like, high tech stuff. Uh, a lot of the uh, different tech you can find it in in particular universities, uh, all the departments, not just one or two departments, they are all doing tech stuff. And that is like all universities are doing tech stuff as well. No matter if it's like the real estate department, economics department, finance department, or like even for history and also like other departments that they are also doing like tech stuff. So um, I think the government has already tried to try to see and explore if there are some other uh, some other uh, sectors for which that we can we can grow and then we can uh, we can boom as well. I mean, if we're just looking at um, Macau, uh, Dr. Lee, is there anything from Macau that we in Hong Kong can learn from or take from? I know a big part of it is, you know, obviously gaming, but I don't, I don't think that will, you know, likely happen in Hong Kong. <laughs> well, um, at Macau, they have got a very, uh, very good uh, attra uh, attraction in the uh, in uh, talents policy. So they actually they now they have. Uh, they have a very clear direction. Uh, if you go to the Im uh, immigration uh, side, that you may find that they have got a website that allows you to uh, key in some of your details, like for example, where do you graduate? So they actually uh, they they they, they uh, have got some benefits to those if you uh, graduate uh, from the top universities, and then uh, uh, if you have got like uh, some of the sectors that they are looking for, like for example, health, then they are they have got some marks added. And then uh, they also have got something as like if you have got the individuals that you have got patterns, if you have got publications in top journals, uh, that all of you have got higher marks for immigrations. So uh, they have already got a website that you can just key in everything and then try to see whether or not that you reach the target and then you can, uh, then you can apply. Then uh, all these sort of things that they uh, tell us that, well, we are attracting talents. And then uh, if you are talents, then try to key in the details and then test and then get the initial mark. 
very quick because you just do everything and then in the website and then you have got the marks and then they would tell you that well you're eligible you're not eligible so these are things that probably hong kong uh we can also learn from that as well that is like we have got a, a clear website that we have got a uh how much uh and then we have got what marks and then but then uh, hong kong has already uh hong kong has also uh uh has also have got a similar policy in attracting the talents uh mm-hmm. now but then uh they uh, some of them, like for example, patents uh, that they have not included, uh, top publications in the journals, uh, top journals, uh, that's all things that they have not included. And then in terms of the uh, uh, with innovation, okay, in terms of like uh, even for business setup, uh, innovation is even much more important. So uh, if we want to do something to redevelop Hong Kong to have got like more innovation stuff, and then rather than just have got like uh, uh, real estate and tourism and also finance, then if we want to work from um, uh, one step further, then probably this sort of thing is like Macau that we give up some of the uh, some some of the ideas or how, on like how we can attract the tenants. Sounds like there are some ideas that we can steal from Macau. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving to the <laughs> other side, um, just really quick, uh, Professor McCartney, what about you know um, Macau from Macau? Anything that Macau can learn from Hong Kong? Oh uh, yes, I mean I go to Hong Kong quite regularly every month, and I and uh, as a great city. But I just coming back to because I know the time is short. How, what what could we do? I mean Macau is also, I mean, yeah, I, I mean Hong, I mean, Macau is a tourism and casino city. This is undoubtable. You know, we know that. I mean, um, why why cities legalize or liberalize the gaming industry is for for for. For, for taxation reasons, for tourism development and being competitive with other cities. But Macau is also developing fintech, big data, Chinese medicine, innovation centers as well, because we, we also see that. I think if there's one thing I was, would say right now, how we can, is collaboration between cities, because regional international travel, we have seen collaborative models work throughout the world between cities that we all can benefit from tourism and trade. And I think that's we're working towards that, you know, with all that physical. I think Jose mentioned the bridge, which is fantastic. You need the physical, of course, but you also need some of the softer things of how do you move talent around, legislation between jurisdictions. So there's a lot of things that we have to work on. But I think if you have sort of a level of collaboration where, you know, where people are traveling overseas, regionally, they can travel between the cities. Um, um, and that's, it can be a very, very uh, advantageous to if everybody comes together and has, that's a very, um, like a, that message is very, very strong regionally and internationally to come to this region. So I think, there, I mean, if, if there's more level, if there's a higher level of collaboration because we have all these skills, talents, products and so forth because they each, then, then there's just competition, right? So I think uh, if in the future, if there was more of these forums and seminars about how we collaborate between cities and, and what areas, you know, for you know, given that we have all these like the airport clusters that are all developing around us, and how can we then integrate those more? Mm. And what about Mr. Mateus? I'm going to end, up, end it off with you. What, what, what are your opinions on this? Do you share the same uh, sentiment? Oh yes, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I, I just like just like when I I do go to Hong Kong, well, less often than I'd like to. I used to be going there more often before the pandemic, uh, but now we're all so busy. And, and and I do think that there's a lot of potential for collaboration, for cooperation. Uh, you know, we're all part of the Greater Bay Area. There's so many targets to be met in terms of uh, regional integration, and um, and 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 again, the connectivity is 
of course one area but certainly uh, we can learn from each other's best practices and obviously when we look at Macau we, I mean when we look at Hong Kong uh, we, we, we we tend to of course to uh, Historically, like it was like the big brother, though, of course, Macau is older. But uh, anyway, the uh, that's kind of relation. So now I guess uh, as we move as we move forward, we definitely can learn a lot. And one point before I finish has got to do with the uh, economic diversification blueprint that the Macau SCR authorities introduced um, uh, this week um, uh, with uh, with uh, with a plan of, uh, of developing non gaming activities and uh, making it uh, a part of eager share in the in the GDP of the city and if you look at the areas big health modern finance a new technology mice in all these areas certainly expertise uh, investment coming from Hong Kong will be very important for Macau all right, uh, Mr. Machias, so we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, JC Carlos Machias, Director of Macau Business and Macau News Agency. Many thanks also to Rita Lee, an Associate Professor at Xu Yan University's Department of Economics and Finance, and uh, Glenn McCartney, Associate Professor of the Department of Integrated Resort and Tourism Management at the University of Macau. It's now 9.48, and in a moment, we'll find out more about the FIA World Rallycross Championship that will take place in Central next weekend. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hi, I'm Secretary for Housing, Winnie Ho. Happy birthday to RTHK's 95th anniversary. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88266 and have your say. Hong Kong is hosting the FIA World Rallycross Championship season finale for the very first time from the 11th to 12th of November at the Central Harbour Front event space. And uh, to tell us more, we're joined on the line now by Owen Chan, the chief executive of the Hong Kong China Automobile Association, the uh, local organiser of the event. Good morning, Mr Chan. Hey, good morning, Jenny, and good morning, Philip. Morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Now you uh, must be very busy making final preparations for the event. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, today, today uh, they just move in everything, and then so everybody is crazy now. <laughs> right. Before you, before you tell us more about the race, uh, can you explain the significance of uh, this event? I mean, it, it has yeah. been a while, right, since we we've seen a motorsport sport event in Hong Kong. Yeah, we are very happy to get this uh, race. Because it's the FIA Worldwide Cross event, mm-hmm. and this is the first time in Asia Pacific, and also first time in central of the city. Others are outside the city and next to the motor sports circuit. It's a sample for other cities who is willing to run the Worldwide Cross event. So, yeah, Hong Kong is one of the six main FIA events. Most famous, everybody knows it, is Formula One. So also it's an M-Mark event, uh, have funding from Hong Kong government. So it's also the final one of 2023 championship. The champion trophy will be presented in Hong Kong. So the Swedish driver called Christopherson is leading in the table with 107 points. And the second is 71 points. So it means uh, Johan uh, Christopherson should be the champion. Also there's a female driver. Uh, make it very interesting and colorful. Mm. 
And uh, Hong Kong AA is a co-organizer and also ASN, we call National Sport Association. There are the MBAC sport event in Hong Kong, swimming, table tennis, marathon, cycling, badminton, and etc. Did a local sport association extension body. So our role is communicate with FIA, the world governing motorsport body, some government departments, sport regulation, and etc. Uh, in Hong Kong, it's not the first time to run Motorsport World Championship. Last time is Formula E uh, from 2016 to 2019. Of course, we have an ultimate target. is hoping to run the Formula 1 in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It's not a dream. We did some research and studies for Formula 1. In fact, before Singapore Formula 1, everybody knows it is very successful. Over 10 years ago, they asked Hong Kong whether they have interest to do it. So finally, we give up. It's very pity. I think it's going to be amazing if we do have F1 in Hong Kong. Like the city landscape will be an amazing circuit. I'm just uh, looking at um, the Rallycross Championship. I think it's quite popular around the world. But it's fair to say that it's not as popular you know, in Hong Kong. So how did you persuade you know, the govern- governing board, FIA, to choose Hong Kong as one of its circuit? Uh, in fact, because it's very attracting. Mm-hmm. It's very colorful because the, the, the competition style you don't need a very big circuit. Mm-hmm. In Hong Kong, it's only 1.2 km, mm-hmm. and also including the tarmac and gravels, gravel means sense, yeah. and also there's a jump platform. So you can see the car fire and land. So mm-hmm. uh, it's suitable for Hong Kong. Each lap is only about one minute. And, uh, and the competition is between the drivers. They push and touch each other for getting better position. Five minutes only for one race. So mm-hmm. the timetable is very tight and uh, so it's good for watching. So I'm just, uh, that, that's one of my questions because, you know, the what, what is it, Rallycross Championship, it's a mixture of a different road. So, you know, you mentioned that there will be gravel and dirt as well. So I imagine the circuit will be half of, you know, the roads in Central, another half in some other area in Central that's going to be converted to like a dirt or gravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's part of Bravo. Is uh, uh, is near the, the uh, near the seaside. It's essential. Uh, so uh, uh, I I give you the name of the uh, is in Central Harbour Fun Event thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's mainly the waves. And also there's, there's a fun show. Fun fun show is located at Central and Western District Promenade. And uh, there's a, a mini track and the uh, Summerday Hong Kong track, and also there's NGO corner, and also uh, we have some uh, green mesh machinery. Green machinery is how to build a track by green machines. So mm-hmm. you can come and find out. Yeah. All right. And can you tell us a bit about the actual racetrack? I mean, what will drivers be able to see? I mean, will it be it will be like going past the observation wheel, uh, city hall, places like that? First of all, I think we need to talking about the drivers first because these drivers have 10, come from five countries. These are world-class drivers. Uh, so we are looking for uh, have a more Asian events uh, in coming years. So uh, so uh, they they will have uh, uh, the, the drivers to race for this semi-final and final and go to the final. Final is only six cars at the same time. So uh, uh, And also the race will live broadcast in the world just like previous one, and Hong Kong is the final one, so it can attract more viewers. It means it's the best one to promote Hong Kong. After Formula E, 
So it's another chance to show the best part of Hong Kong. So we are so happy to to say that hey, we, we can we can face the world. Yeah. All right. And uh, what I mean, like I mentioned earlier, the the actual racetrack. What will uh, the drivers be able to see? You, you mean the drivers? Yeah, 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 yeah. The drivers, the, the race drivers that are, are going to be racing in, in the event. Um, will they actually go past? Will they go past the observation ah. wheel, uh, City Hall? I mean, what will they see? Oh, of course, of course. The, the best part of Hong Kong. <laughs> so uh, we can see everything, everything there. And then the, the drivers, the driver will, will go through the central. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I will, we will show best part of Hong Kong to them. Yeah. Right. And uh, there will be, I mean, will, will, how many spectators uh, will uh, the actual event be able to accommodate? Uh, actually, it's about five, 8,500 spectators. So up to this moment, uh, uh, actually, the Grand Santa Cruz already show out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we have uh, extra 250 extra grandstand and will be available to purchase from today. Uh, General Commission still have uh, some tickets. But Hong Kong AA still has some tickets for members only, uh, 20% off, and each person can purchase four tickets only. So please action now, buy the mm. tickets. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about uh, purchasing tickets. Like where can we buy uh, the tickets that you mentioned? Uh, there's, a, there's, an official, there's an official platform, and uh, you can find in the official uh, uh, website. And also if Hong Kong AA members, they can go to our Hong Kong AA website, and uh, and find the tickets, and uh, you can show your uh, Hong Kong uh, A member membership number, and then you can get thirty percent off. So uh, no more tickets, as I know, is uh, not easy to get it. <laughs> Well, better get it quickly. Um, talking about the uh, cars, then, I mean, um, unlike Formula E and Formula One rallycross cars, I guess they look similar more to like you know conventional private cars. But can you tell me a little bit more about them? Uh, okay, and this time is the cars is all from Europe. Mm. Uh, the cars is called RX2E. RX is of course is body cars means, mm-hmm. and uh, the model is called Ceroy X1. Uh, the power is not, not too big, it's 362 horsepower. Mm-hmm. The torque is 510 newton meter. The, the pickup is terrible, I can tell you. Still <laughs> from 110 km, less than two seconds. It means the pickup is faster than a normal supercar. You know, you mean I, 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 I'm telling you a supercar is what their name F and and P and something like that, and mm-hmm. L. <laughs> uh, this model is also used in a uh, race of champions. Uh, mm-hmm. If uh, you have a uh, motorsport fans, you know there's uh, at the beginning of the year, there's a race of champions. It's the event get a different kind of racing champion, just like Formula One, Wally, Wally Cross, North American Formula, and Saloon Car. And also because increasing the, uh, the, 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 the popularity, they also increase female driver and e-sport driver in the last two or three years. So I'm sure this is going to be you know, an amazing event uh, next weekend. But moving forward, you know, what, do, what are the next plans? You, you mentioned F1. You know, is that a possibility next year? Well, of course not next year. We are talking about <laughs> Formula 1 at least, talking about three to four years at least. Mm. So, uh, and also there's a very complicated uh, procedure to apply to Formula 1 because uh, now it's over 20 rounds per year. Mm-hmm. And uh, for your information, um, just like Formula One, but the company is called Liberty Media. Mm. The headquarters of 
誒、呃、Liberty Media of Asia Pacific is in Hong Kong。Wow. So, so you can imagine how close we are.、Mm-hmm. So, we, and also, you know, Hong Kong driver is very have a very good record in Asia.、Uh, of course, Japan is the best, and and we also race in Europe and also in、uh, USA. Take、All、a sample,、right. just like. All right, Mr. Chan.、Oh. All、okay. right, Mr. Chan. Good luck with the event, and、uh, thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's、uh, Owen Chan, the、uh, chief executive of the Hong Kong China Automobile Association, the local organizer of the FIA World Rally Cross Championship that will take place next weekend. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed us today, and of course to our guest presenter Philip Wong and producer Raphael. Back chat will be back on Monday with Jim Gold and Mike Rouse.